0: everybody. Welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast, Story Edition. My name is Brooklyn Colburn, and I am joined by a friend and ministry bud in the city, uh, Chris Mills. Hey, Chris, how are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm so grateful for Forge's ministry and how it has shaped who I am as a follower of Christ living on missions. It's it's fun to be a part of this with you.
0: Yeah, thanks again. It's going to be fun to share a little bit about what you're doing. Um, So for the listeners out there, can you just give us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you're doing?
1: For sure. As Brooklyn mentioned, my my name is Chris, and I am a church planter here in New York City uh, with the North American Mission Board. Um, I moved here in 2009, so I've been for for, uh, a good bit now. Uh, but I moved here simply to help out uh, with another church plan. And I had no intention of starting a ministry or a new church that God was calling me to lead and steward. Um, it's funny how God works um, and surprises you in those ways. Um, but I got my, my apostolic teeth wet in the city with Young Life, which is a global uh, youth outreach organization. And I began new Young Life ministries all across Manhattan and eventually answered a call to plant a new church. Um, My wife and I, we live in Manhattan in a neighborhood called Hell's Kitchen. Uh, We love our community and are passionate about being part of its renewal and transformation. Our our church plant is very young as we've only been at it for just over a year with a core team uh, developing vision, mission, and DNA. Um, And even though we are just beginning, we've already done a lot of good work in the community. And still, we have a lot more to learn and a lot more room for growth.
0: So Chris is planting a church in the midst of pandemic, which has been so interesting. But I want to back up a second. Hell's Kitchen. All right. What a unique neighborhood name for maybe some of those listening. That sounds strange. Would you just give us a little bit of context on where exactly you are? Sure,
1: yes. Uh, Hell's Kitchen is a neighborhood, I often say, in, in the shadow of Times Square. Um, so it's, it's on the backside of, of Times Square. It's got its name. There's several stories that go along with it. Um, but one of the most popular uh, legends, I guess, is that uh, Hell's Kitchen got its, its fiery name during Prohibition uh, when a veteran policeman uh, by the name of Dutch Fred... He witnessed a neighborhood riot with his, his rookie partner on West 39th Street near 10th Avenue. And uh, the rookie is supposed to have said, this place is hell itself. Um, to which Fred replied, hell's a mild climate. This is hell's kitchen. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's definitely a name that generated from its notorious uh, history with crime, uh, with drugs, with prostitution, with organized crime, the mafia has been in our neighborhood, maybe still is, I don't know, um, but for sure has seen its share of of being a very seedy place, right? Um, it's often too a place where, uh, where people overlook it as a neighborhood. A lot of tourists come into Hell's Kitchen, they come to eat before going to a Broadway show, um, there's a lot of development in our neighborhood as well for brand new skyscrapers and those kind of things. Um, but there are people that live in our neighborhood that call it home and, uh, and they've been around for generations. And they, they are Irish immigrant families, Puerto Rican, Dominican immigrant families that have really made this a neighborhood. And so uh, we love it. We love being in the fabric of our community and feel uniquely called uh, to, be, to be here.
0: Yeah, so let's kind of dive into some of that. So you are figuring out, yeah, this Hell's Kitchen-based ministry. But um, first, how how did you hear about Forge? How are you connected? Um, and maybe go in a little bit to how, how Forge has given language around um, yeah. kind of what you're doing now.
1: Sure. You know, I've been a part of, of several of Forge's learning communities. Uh, we're sitting in a room with other ministry practitioners exploring uh, what it means to participate in the mission of God, uh, my wife and I also had the opportunity to be a part of the the residency program uh, that Forge offers with Brooklyn, right with you. and so um, it was very formative for us as we examined you know paradigm shifts with other people who were yearning to see God's incarnational movement. You know, one of the paradigm shifts for us was understanding the church's identity crisis, you know, the the crisis in how we see God and how we see the church. Uh, we came to realize that if we desire to live out God's call on our lives faithfully, uh, we must understand and recognize that God and his church are intrinsically missionary in nature. Um, if we begin with a, a church framework, uh, which so often happens, um, we often focus on building, you know, a worship service and then inviting the world to join us. In doing so, we are unfortunately asking people who do not know Jesus to come to us. However, we've learned that uh, it's better to begin with a, maybe a kingdom framework and, and model ourselves after the missionary nature, nature of Jesus. In that case, we've, we found ourselves going into the world, into our community, and the places where we were sent to join people in a very incarnational way. Uh, so this paradigm shift took place Um, in our hearts before we could even articulate it. And as you said, uh, Brooklyn Forge came along and helped us unpack what God was already doing in us and then provided the language uh, to share it with others who were more than likely, you know, feeling the same thing and would want to be a part of what we were doing.
0: Now that's good. The language to connect the team around for sure. Um, So kind of as you guys are looking ahead into what's next and into the fall, what are some steps that you're taking as you're engaging missionally and what are you learning along the way?
1: Yeah. You know, my wife and I, we've made the mistake of, of getting to know our neighbors and loving them well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and hopefully if we catch the sarcasm in that statement as, you know, it's something we should have been doing all along. Right. But in doing so we, we learned about their lives, their needs, their dreams and even shared their burdens. And so we began to see uh, them and our neighborhood not just as a place in New York City where we had an apartment, but rather a place that others called home. And we longed to grow in that type of relationship with our community. Uh, so we joined and and helped out wherever we could. Our first step um, that we began with was with our local block association. Uh, we we just began attending meetings, which led to serving in different neighborhood events alongside people that were passionate about the community. Uh, we learned so much about Hell's Kitchen and doing so. We began to see our neighborhood's beauty while also becoming overwhelmingly aware of our community's brokenness. So uh, through God's providence, my wife was nominated to sit on the local community board that oversees all of Hell's Kitchen. And so uh, we have been a part of all this work in our community that the local councilman for our district came to us and asked if Sarah would serve in that way. And she of course said yes and got to be on the community board. Our work has now opened up so many doors for us as we have become a staple in the community, uh, helping out local businesses, schools, uh, housing organizations and other nonprofits. Um, Now keep in mind, we did all of this work as the church and people began to know us, our church, throughout the entire neighborhood, without us even having a location or a public worship gathering. Uh, we, we started with that missionary nature of the church and that kingdom framework, and it has led us to impact our society. And now these next steps are discipleship. For those people that have seen our work and have been a part of our work, we're inviting them into. A place where they can orient their lives around Jesus and the way he's asking us to live our lives. So, the next steps for us is all about the discipleship and building that community of disciples who are making disciples.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I'm really excited for you guys about is this uh, missional community that you've started and are what, three weeks in? Four weeks? We are.
1: We are. Yeah. So yeah, so, we're, we're meeting with people, and you are helping them think through what it means to to live on mission, what it means to orient their lives around around Jesus. And you know, right now we're we're meeting over Zoom. That's what we are uh, able to do during this this pandemic, um, in in th- this process. And uh, we're adding people to that group. But one of our strategic goals is to to raise leaders and to multiply that group so that. So that the missional community remains a smaller group where each person uh, is mobilized into God's mission and unique in unique and specific ways, and that's where we're we're headed. After that, I've got some ideas, but at the same time, <laughs> we are trying to listen and be obedient to Jesus. You know, every step of the way. Uh, I I do know that our calling, while contextual, is it's more significant than one specific neighborhood. Uh, Well, don't get me wrong, my wife and I love Hell's Kitchen and are uniquely called to it, uh, while also being called to build a team of missionaries in our community. But still, we are focused on the kingdom of God, and we know there are several spaces God is providing a way for us to join him in. Uh, Other places in New York City, other places in the U.S., and even other places across the globe. Uh, we We have a big vision because it's God's vision. And so the work is to keep the big picture in mind as we are faithful in the small details.
0: Yeah, man, I am always so excited um, after just hearing you and Sarah both talk about the way that you're seeing God move in Hell's Kitchen, the way that you are leaning into the spirit in those ways, and also just bringing people along for the ride. It's very encouraging to me um, and I hope that it's also encouraging to those listening. Um, and I didn't prep you for this question. So uh, just off the seat of your pants, here we go. Um, if you just had to encourage another pastor planter, someone trying something new out there, uh, what, what words would you give them?
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would say be bold in uh, going after what God has put on your heart and give grace for new ideas to, to fail at some level, because you're going to learn from those things. Um, and there is this, I, this, this stage of, of trial and process, right. Uh, a, a trial and error rather, and, and figuring out in the midst of all of that, what is God saying? Um, we probably made way more mistakes than we have had successes. Um, but we have learned from God along the way, every step of the way. And so I would, I would encourage other pastors, other practitioners, other, uh, believers that are just wanting to think missionally, just to be bold and, and take risk and trust God uh, will be will, will be faithful in that process.
0: That's a good word. Thanks, Chris. Well, if anybody wants to reach out to you, see more about what you're doing or ask you questions directly, how can they find you?
1: Yeah, our uh, social media is at OCCNYC and the OCC is for our church, One Community Church. Um, You can also just email me directly. It's chris at communitychurch.one, which communitychurch.one is also our website. So those are some ways you can, can reach out and get in touch. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing a little bit about what God's doing. It's been great to have you.
1: Thank you. This has been fun.